0: I am fantasy and paranormal romance author Leslie Penelope, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello, friends. Today is Saturday, November 19th, 2022, and this is episode 195 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So, this week's best thing is I got a new camera. Those of you who are watching on YouTube will be able to tell there's a difference in the video quality. You can go and compare if you want. Um, so what happened was Jane Friedman has a newsletter that I subscribe to. Uh, she has two newsletters. One is paid. One is free. This is the free one where she gives her tips. And a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was last week. It's very fast. This happened she recommended this camera that's in beta. It's called the Opal Camera, opalcamera.com. It's supposed to be almost like DSLR quality, like a very high webcam recording quality. And it's in beta. And I read the email and clicked on the link immediately, got on the waiting list. Two days later, I got the invitation to actually order it. So I think it's been in beta for a while. And it came, it shipped very quickly. I hooked it up. I looked at it. There's also software that comes with it that allows you to do things like zoom with gestures, which I haven't set up. So I could be sitting here recording and move my hand in a certain way and the camera will zoom in or zoom out. I can do another hand gesture and it will stop the recording if you're using the app. If you have been here for a little while, you will know I love gadgets and I just couldn't resist. So I'm very excited about this. It allows me to blur out the books in my background, which I think can be a little overwhelming. I'm sitting pretty close to my bookcase. And so the natural depth of feel that you would have where the background goes uh, soft, goes fuzzy at, at certain apertures. I won't get into all of the camera stuff, but it doesn't usually work because I'm sitting so close. Because the size of my office. So it allows me to adjust the blur. I have it on a very slight blur now. I can make it way blurrier in the way that kind of Zoom does adjust the blur background. Anyway, I know the majority of people listen to this podcast as audio only and will not be able to appreciate this, but I'm very excited about my new gadget and toy and thought I would share It replaces the Logitech C920 that I was using, which is another good HD quality webcam that I was happy with, but I love the extra features of this. So if you like gadgets and you want a new webcam, check out the Opal. Uh, You can probably get it because even though it's technically in beta, it was very easy for me to acquire. My writing update. So I have been struggling, slogging through this draft, uh, not getting a lot done for weeks, but I had a breakthrough. Breakthroughs always happen if you show up and keep trying if you don't give up. I believe 100% wholeheartedly that that is the case for just about everybody. So what happened was how I got unstuck. At my morning writing session, I was once again lamenting the snail-like pace at which I've been writing and just all the struggles I've been having with the story. And I was talking it out with my friend and just explaining to her the problem I was having that day. In, in moving forward. And she had some ideas and that was great to bounce ideas off of people. It occurred to me that the specific problem I was having that day was about the things that were going to happen next. You know, I've had this outline for a while and I saw the scene that I'm supposed to be writing next and it didn't feel right. You know, it just didn't feel right. There's things I'm really excited about writing in this book, but I was having to get through a bunch of stuff I didn't want to write to get to the stuff I did want to write. And that just let me know that if it's boring for me to write there's a chance it's going to be boring for people to read. And something was just off. So I had tried a bunch of other things. I hadn't tried note cards yet. So I pulled out my box of index cards and I have all these colors. And sometimes the decision fatigue is just too much. So I picked just white cards, no colors. I'm not changing POVs, indicating it by the cards or anything. I started writing down all the scenes that were supposed to happen next and everything that could possibly happen next. And everything went on a card. Um, Things that weren't necessarily scenes, but were ideas or concepts I had to find a way to put into other scenes. Came up with a stack of cards and then started organizing them. Like I, I went through all of them again. I tried to put them in order and you know see, is this a story? Is this a flow? Take ones out that didn't fit anymore. Write new ones, cross things out. And I was feeling a lot better about the options. It was kind of just a way to brainstorm to get everything out on the table in a different format. You know, I had documents with outlines and bullet points of things that were going to happen. I had tried uh, the spreadsheeting and I was looking at revisiting motivations, character, all of that. And all of that work I mean, it was building on it in itself, you know, everything builds on the thing before it. So that when I got to the note cards, I was sort of primed for all of these ideas that just were pouring out. And so after I had all the note cards, my next step was to get them into a structure. So I wanted to get them into the save the cat structure. I didn't have enough space to lay out all my note cards. I could go down to the dining room table, but it's currently full of books and other things, unfortunately. And at one point I had dragged up one of those six foot folding tables into my office, taking all the rest of the space just to use it to, to lay out note cards and things. But I didn't feel like doing all that. So I went into the software Whimsical. I've mentioned that before. It is sort of like an online whiteboard software, similar to Miro. Um, there's other options that I've used before, but I created a template inside of Whimsical for Save the Cat it's on my website. I will link to it in the show notes. Whimsical is free. Uh, it has a free plan that gives you a certain number of items, like car- each card is an item. And it basically allows me to enter those index cards into virtual index cards inside of a template that is Save the Cat. And specifically, my Save the Cat template shows you the different weights or the different lengths of each section. And I got that information from the not from the book Save the Cat Writes a Novel by Jessica Brody, which, you know, the original Save the Cat by Blake Snyder is for screenwriters. And novelists can use it, but Save the Cat Writes a Novel just really explodes the concept specifically for novels and gives you an idea that, okay, there's certain beats that are single scene beats and certain beats in Save the Cat that are multi-scene beats. And having that, a visual representation of that made a lot of difference for me because my thinking can be very rigid. So being able to know that the fun and games section in save the cat is like twice as long as the setup section, as opposed to when you just see it in, in bullet point form, you don't have any idea how long these things are going to be. And then you're like, oh, well, you know, this beat is 25% of the entire novel. Like it should look bigger when you're when you're writing it out, it should have more scenes in it than a beat that's only 5% of the novel. So I have worksheets like that. I did a template in Whimsical like that. So I entered all my handwritten note cards onto Whimsical and my template, moved some things around, did color code the different POVs. I was like, okay, that helps me also look at who is telling this scene, whose perspective is this scene from? That gives me, you know, my brain starts working in the background about, okay, that means this character has to go through a change in this scene or this, you know, as opposed to if the other POV was narrating that scene, it was more important to that person. So I I basically want to alternate, but it's okay if it's not every other scene is my hero and my heroine, because it's more important that the POV comes from the character who it needs to come from. And once I had that, I was able to start writing. On Wednesday, I wrote 2,300 words. On Thursday, I wrote 1,200 words. Um, I've just been drafting at least one scene a day. I'm starting slow because I don't you know, it's still kind of tender. It's like you're you're feeling like you're just recovering and getting back into things. You don't wanna run, you don't want to start sprinting. I don't know that's gonna be a bad metaphor because I don't run. <laughs> but I'm jogging before I start sprinting. But it feels great to feel like I'm back on track. I have this plan, even though of course it's not perfect, I like Friday I already came into a situation where I was like, oh I can't write this scene because it's too early. I need to move it back you know, but it's fluid. It's a process. It's changing. It's organic. And I had to figure out what was wrong. And talking it through helped me figure out what was wrong. But the writing aspect of it by hand on the note cards, you know, doing something different than what I'd done before helped also. And, but I, I do think everything that I'd done before was the reason why this final thing actually helped and opened the doors. So I was giving a talk to the Brooklyn speculative fiction writers, and uh, I was asked a question about how do you get unstuck? And I was like, well, I just am in this right now. And I think it was the the day it happened. Yeah, it was like Tuesday night. So... That inspired me for my next column for Galaxy's Edge magazine. I have a regular column on craft, and the next one was going to be tips for getting unstuck. I started just listing them out, and originally it was going to be 10, and then it was 12, then it was 15, and I think I got 20 now. I'm probably going to have to cut some because my column's only 1,300 words. But I get stuck, and I have a lot of tools in the toolbox that I can use to Get myself out of it, and a lot of it is just patience and time, and knowing I will get out of it if I keep at it. So that is my advice to anyone experiencing stuckness slash writer's block, whatever you want to call it. I would never call it writer's block, but I think it's probably what people mean when they say writer's block. Um, you can call it resistance, like Stephen Pressfield. There's all kinds of terminology for it, but it's the thing that happens when you're not getting the work done that you want to get done. And I know that Becca Syme just had a Kickstarter um, that I actually did support about getting unstuck. It's these cards. I'm a sucker for cards. There's a lot of things I'm a sucker for. Like a deck of cards that when you're stuck, you can pull out some things and try some techniques. So there's lots of different ways to approach it. I have mine and I'm always looking for other other ways to do it too. So got unstuck this week. Very happy, very relieved, finally feeling like things are flowing and I might actually get this book finished. Also, if you would like the show notes emailed to you, you should sign up for the uh, footnotes newsletter at myimaginaryfriends.net. I've been reworking it slightly, trying to clean it up a little bit, making it a little bit more user-friendly and hopefully more helpful for people. So the reason I decided to do it originally way back when is that I listen to a lot of podcasts and people are always giving out interesting links. And if I'm washing the dishes or if I'm in the car or something, I just, I can't click on the links and I risk forgetting them because of my memory. So I figured if there was a way that I could sign up and always get the links automatically sent to me no matter what, so that I could just look through my email afterwards and be like, oh, I heard this thing and I wanted to check that out. So that's how the footnotes newsletter was born. And there's also things that I have in my notes that I don't get to every week that I think are interesting and cool. So those are also in there. If you're interested in having the links sent to you so you don't have to remember, sign up. Other things of interest this week, I got an email from Canva, which is the software I use to do a lot of graphics, Canva.com. And it's talking about they have their new AI system so you can do text to image, sort of like Midjourney, which is a similar idea that's on Discord. And I've tried Midjourney a couple of times, just very briefly. And it's impressive. I know if I spent the time like learning how to be very descriptive with my text. Uh, I would get better images. But the images I got were like, whoa. So I tried Canva also. And I think Midjourney is better uh, for people so far. But once again, I spent like five minutes testing this. I will link to the images I created in the show notes. I did a test uh, with the words, a green dragon flying over a post-apocalyptic city near the water during sunset. Because I wanted to see if I could make something for Savage City, and that is a thing that happens in savage city and so yeah, it's interesting. The dragon is really weird. I did some other tests uh with like black fairies, and they didn't come out very good at all um but it's interesting this whole AI generated art i you know I've used it before for the Savage City promos i made I did it in a different program, Art breeder, I believe, where I just you know made characters instead of hiring an illustrator. I decided to test that out and that came out pretty good, but it took a lot of time. And that's a slightly different thing. That's not text to image. That's actually, you know, either uploading or choosing images that are in the, in their library and then tweaking all the settings to make them look the way you want to look. But it's the future. We're in the future. And yeah, it could be cool for some promo images, for advertising. Obviously, we still need artists creating real images that are exactly what we want, or that are created by humans and represent, you know, artisticness. <laughs> so yeah, kind of feel some type of way about that. Thematically related, although maybe not. I saw these <laughs> articles about uh, lab-grown meat moving forward in the U.S., and in my mind, that's like lab-grown meat is sort of like AI-generated images in that it's horrifying. Like I saw someone like, Oh, I'm, I'm so glad. Like, I guess from a vegetarian perspective, if you don't like cruelty to animals, sure. But like from a, that sounds very disgusting. I don't want to eat meat grown from cells. Although is the GMO stuff, whatever they're pumping into the meat that we're eating now, any, any better? I don't know. I was immediately horrified for the idea of eating lab grown meat. I'm sure it will normalize over time. Um, but yeah, we're in the future. What can I say? The latest Imaginary Worlds podcast episode, as I record this, is called Indigenous Futures. And I highly recommend it. It was really inspiring. It's about, you know, I've, I've heard of Afrofuturism. I had never heard of Indigenous Futurisms, I think that's what it's called. And although it makes sense. And the most powerful thing to me was the idea that Indigenous people are already living in a post apocalyptic world. You know, it was talking about science fiction and fantasy in different mediums from indigenous authors. And yeah, like that is absolutely true. They've had their apocalypse. Their population was wiped out by colonialization and, you know, disease, war, intentional genocide. And so all the ones who are left are living in their own post-apocalypse. And are they more prepared than the rest of us for future apocalypses for climate change, for World War Three, whenever that comes. So yeah, I recommend that podcast in general. That episode was really good. It had a lot of art that I'm interested in checking out, some movies, um, some books, and just in time for Thanksgiving and it's Native American History Month this month. Um, check that out. And related to the idea of getting unstuck by showing up every day and working on it, I subscribed to this brain food newsletter, which is kind of cool, and it's got interesting links and thoughts in there. And this week, there was something that stood out to me. They said, what looks like discipline is often a carefully created environment to encourage certain behaviors. What looks like poor choices is often someone trying their best to use willpower to go against their environment. The people with the best defaults are typically the ones with the best environment. And it kind of goes into the idea of systems versus goals which is something popularized by James Clear and Atomic Habits, that book, where you can set a goal to write a novel and you may or may not meet that goal. But if you create a system where you get up and every morning from eight to 10, you write, you sit at the desk and you write, you're gonna have a novel eventually, right? Like you've created an environment, which is a system that is encouraging the behavior that you want to write, as opposed to just having this lofty goal to write you know, 2,000 words a day but if you don't put anything into place to ensure that you do that or to make it easier to do that, it is much more difficult. They also go on to say that joining groups whose defaults are your desires is an effective way to create an artificial environment. If you want to read more, join a book club. If you want to run more, join a running club. That's absolutely true too. So you're, you know, you're surrounding yourself with people who have the same goal as you, who are going to push you, lift you up, um, challenge you when needed. All of those things are true. And you have to consciously put those things into place. And the people who do are often the people who succeed, or it's just much easier to to succeed and meet, and meet the goal when you do things like that. And I hadn't heard it put that way, but it reflects the things that I've done, the changes that I made when I wanted to write, creating systems like not watching so much TV and blocking off time to write. And then eventually, you know, the morning writing sessions that I have online with my friends. Um, So yeah, just a hint. If there's something that is bothering you, is wrong, there's something you want to change, how can you change your environment to make it easy to do the thing? Discipline runs out. You know, we have a limit on our willpower. We can't rely on that. But we can rely on the systems we put in place and the environment in which we live and, you know, make some hard choices about changing your environment if you need to. Finally, there are some, a bunch of Black Friday sales going on that I think are useful for writers. But there is one tool that I use all the time, highly, highly recommended One Stop for Writers. If you're a writer and you don't know about it, it's onestopforwriters.com. They are doing a 40% off coupon for their six month plan. I will link it in the show notes. I, I use this almost every day that I'm writing, like, I'm always in there. And One Stop is the online home for the Emotion Thesaurus. There's a bunch of different thesauruses, um, negative traits, positive traits, emotional wounds, character motivations, character builder profiles, in depth, detailed with suggestions. I love it. Uh, I'm not an affiliate or anything, but I, you know, get this 40% off for six months. Try it out. Uh, the code is BF2022, BF2022. And yes, I put the link in there. So my goals for the coming week, it is Thanksgiving this week. I'm not going anywhere. I mean, I'm not traveling out of state or anything. Um, just family, friends and family gathering together for food and gratitude. Uh, but I will still be writing every other day. Probably we'll take Thursday off. We'll see what happens. Um, and yeah, just trying to continue this trend, uh, continue writing at least one scene a day, five days a week. I've been taking weekends off and I don't think I need to change that right now. I'm just still trying to ease myself back into this flow and not, not be too aggressive with it. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And yeah, I will talk to you next week and I hope that you have a wonderful week. For episode show notes and to sign up for the footnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriends.net, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, watch the video episodes on YouTube with my new camera, email me at podcast at lpenelope.com, and I would really appreciate a rating or review to help support the show. My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcasts.